rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. I pray that that be fulfilled in your life this morning. It's so important. God has to really open our ears to hear. If he doesn't, we hear, but we're not hearing anything. And there is no power for obedience. But he's here with us this morning. This morning, I want to uh, start a message, a title, God Will Provide. God Will Provide. God is going to provide for your needs. Let me start by saying, God, when he talked to uh, Moses, and he was sending Moses uh, to the children of uh, Israel in Egypt, Moses said, God, would you please tell me your name so that I can tell them what God we're talking about? Because, you know, they live in Egypt and they haven't heard about you for a long time. Tell me your name. And you will expect God to say, I am the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac. No, he said, I am. Jehovah, I am. The self-sustaining one. The revealing one. Jehovah, the revealing one. Every time he's about to do a thing, usually huge and mighty, he reveals a new name. He reveals himself. You know, the first compound name that God gave to us, apart from Jehovah, the revealing one, is found in Genesis chapter 22. First one. You know what it's called? Jehovah Jireh. God the provider. God who provides. God the provider. And this name was revealed in the most difficult time in the life of Abraham. The most difficult trial in his life. This name was revealed. Let me say this before I forget. Every one of you has assignment, an assignment from God. You also are an assignment for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent to do something in your life. And you are his assignment. And believe me, he will finish his assignment in your life. Jesus sent the helper. That's what he called the Holy Spirit. A lot of people in the world don't know we have the helper. But the helper is here. You need help. The helper is here. Notice he didn't say the helper for your finances. He's called the helper. Whatever you need him for, whatever kind of help you need, then he reveals himself as the helper in that area. Can I say an amen? That's who God is. He revealed himself as the provider in the most difficult time. Now, let me say this. You are an assignment in your life. The greater your assignment... The greater the test, the greater the test, the greater the provision. If your assignment is great, God has prepared 
provision for you, for that assignment. Just like my wife talked about a great, a great assignment, that's kind of use is beyond you. If you can handle it, you don't need God. But it's an assignment given to you that's way above your head. He's called the test. But with the assignment, it goes the test that is so great, and so the provision. The provision matches the assignment. And the assignment is from God. Now listen. He says in Genesis chapter 22, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. Notice the word after these things. We'll talk about that later. The Lord tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I, here I am. Then he said, take now your son. Your only son. I say, why does he have to remind him he's his only son? And then he tells him, whom you love. So he's confirming everything. Let me let you feel the pain. Okay? Your only son, whom you love. And if God says, I know you love him, he really loved that son. And look at what comes after that. Your only son whom you love. Your son Isaac whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. On one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And Abraham rose early in the morning. And saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering. That means his son. And went to the place which God had told him. And it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. Why after these things? Now, let me explain to you the difficulty of this situation. Abraham had two sons in Genesis 21. And Sarah said, that son is not going to inherit the promise with my son. My son is the promised one. That's Isaac. I want you to get rid of the mother and the son. And Abraham wasn't happy at all. He loved his son. And Abraham didn't know what to do. When your wife tells you something, you listen, okay? <laughs> Angela says, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and Abraham was going to put up a fight. This doesn't make sense. And God came to Abraham, listen to your wife, Sarah. Uh, that's a lot of words for men, okay? Listen to your wife, Sarah. Get rid of the boy. So Abraham let go of Isaac. That's Genesis 21. And he forgot about Isaac and devoted everything to this one promised son. And so that's what it means after these things. Now God says, I also want you to get rid of this one. That's the difficulty of the test. But how did Abraham... 
react to this test. He said, the scripture we just read, he woke up early. He was determined to do it. He woke up early to get this thing done. He spent time splitting the wood. He left nothing untouched. You know what most of us will do? That's a good day to sleep in. You will wake up early because you're feeling very depressed. How can God ask a question like this? At this time, Abraham had worked with God for about 50 years. He knew the voice of God. He knew he wasn't deceived. He knew God. God had worked with him. God had been with him and at, at age 100 years old. He, God's word came to pass. He had a son. So he knew who was talking to him. He had no doubt about it. So what was the test about? Was God trying to test Abraham to know Abraham and what was in his heart? That's what I thought. No. That wasn't the reason. Because God had already said in Genesis 18 verse 19, I know him. That he will command his children after him. What children? The one he wanted him to kill? God said, I already know him. That wasn't the issue here. Now I got to give you a a reason. So you understand. God had given him a promise. In that child, Isaac, will your family be called. Abraham believed it. But you see, sometimes we have faith and we are walking in that level of faith. And we don't realize we can walk at a higher level of faith. And so God says, I'm going to put a test to test you for your promotion. So you know you can walk on a higher level of faith. God already knew Abraham had the faith in it, in him. He, God knew that. And Abraham knew. And you read in the scripture, Abraham knew he's not going to kill the boy. If he does, he's going to give him back to me. Read in Hebrews. Abraham knew that. So he wasn't bothered. He wasn't shaking. He knew what God had said. He knew God's word. He knew God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. If God has said something, God will do it. If God has spoken, God will make his word good. And if it means killing the boy, I'll kill the boy, but you still have to keep your promise. And if you got to keep your promise, you got to raise him up from the dead. So he was happy. He woke up early. He wasn't concerned. He didn't face him at all. He had the faith in him. And God was only testing him to see if he believed in the promise. The word of God. That's what God is all after. Many of us know after you get saved and you receive Jesus, I never knew there was a devil in the world. I never felt like maybe there's a devil, you hear about it, but you don't really feel his presence. But after you get saved and you're trying to live right, all of a sudden, all these crazy thoughts come and say, oh my God, I'm not supposed to think that way. You remember that? And you're wondering, where does this stop? The battle begins. And then he tells you, uh, you thought that because of those few words you said, now you're going to heaven. Because you repeated what the preacher said, you think you're going to heaven. And then you become keenly aware that there is a devil in the world. I knew that. I remember my days when after I received Christ, and we were told, 
no, no, you can't listen to uh, worldly music and all of that. And, 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 and in those days, I really loved to dance, you know, to those worldly music. And, and all of a sudden, in my room, my brothers would put this great sound music. I mean, the music, this song that I really like. And I would go, like, wanting to dance. And then all of a sudden, I would, no, 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 you can't do that. I'm sanctified. I can't dance. It's all over. That, that life is over. And, and then you sit back there and you say, God, please forgive me for making that move. Is the devil. Get behind me, you know. No more of that stuff, you know. But you become keenly aware. And so God, whatever you've received from God, Satan wants to test you. You receive your healing, he wants to get it from you. You get the same feelings back into you. You prayed for you, you felt healed. But now all of a sudden, the feelings are back. What's going on? He's testing if you really believe. And God allowed it because if you fight back, now you walk on a higher plane, a higher level of faith in God. Because God will provide. God will provide. So Abraham wasn't bothered by it. He got up very early in the morning, took his son, he made sure he had the wood and everything. And he was going to sacrifice his son. When they got to the place, Mount Moriah, this is something that's key for you because God's going to meet your need no matter what it is. The reason is, notice in this problem here, I know you know the story because Abraham took, stretched his hand to kill the son and God said, you can't do that. Now I know, now I'm going to bless you. That's the end of the story. God blessed him for it. But God will test you to see if you are standing by what you have heard. And your emotions are cutting it and sometimes you can't see so far. You can't see very far from you. You just have to trust in God's word. And all you have is God's word. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, the same testing of of our faith, and usually it's about the promise. Whatever God has promised you, God will allow Satan or himself to test you to see if you hold on to it so you can walk higher. God told the children of Israel in the wilderness, he said, and now I'm testing you. I tested you in the wilderness. Listen to what he says. So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger. These the children of Israel. They, were hungry. they had hunger in the wilderness. They saw miracles in the land of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea. They had seen signs. In their mind, God's just going to do something he's going to provide. They waited the first day, nothing happened. Second day, nothing happened. And God made them to to be in hunger, and he had to provide for them. But this is what God said. So he humbled you. How many of us know we need to be humbled? You know what that means? Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on what you think. Because your assignment, God knew, he created it in you. This particular problem, God created for Abraham. Right? He came from God. He had no problem until God spoke to him. Right? 
And then God met the need, right? So your assignment, God already provided for it. You see it as a problem. God's just trying to bring you up. Amen? That's what it is. God says in this word here, so he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna. So he creates the problem, and then he meets the problem. But this is what he's doing. He fed you with manna, which you did not know. It's always something you didn't know will happen. It's always a miracle that is so impossible. In your mind, there is no way this is going to happen. Unless God does something, there's no, I can't do anything about it. So he brings you to a thing that you've never known before. And that's what they did. He, he did with the children of Israel. He fed them with manna, which their fathers didn't know. No one has ever heard about it. God's doing a new thing in your life. Can I hear amen? God's going to meet all of your needs in Jesus' name. God will pour his blessings upon you, knock you over. You can't recover in Jesus' name. That's the kind of blessing I want. When God blesses you, he pours it on you, and you, are, you have no way of recovering. Okay? And don't go look for recovery because you won't find one when God's the one doing it. He says, I humbled you. And allowed you to suffer hunger and fed you with manna that your, your parents didn't know, your fathers didn't know. That, the reason for that, that he might make you know. Everyone said the word no. He wants you to know. It's still the same today. In your trouble, God wants you to know. Not to lean on your own understanding. Not to look at the problem and analyze the problem. How long it's been and what mistakes you've made and everything that's happened in the past and what you're going through. God says, I want you to know one thing. That you should know that he might make you know, God's the one making you know, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See? That's what you should live by. Bread alone is good. Some people are living by bread alone. What they know and what the money and what they get from the outside. God says that's not true living. As a man, you're supposed to live if you are a human. And if God is, and he is, he created you. If you've been living outside God's word, you are not really living to the full. It's only through the word. It says man will live not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's the promise of God. That's the promise of God. And when you begin to imbibe that and you begin to receive that into your life, you are going to be tested. I remember praying for this girl that wanted to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And after she received, she was really joyful on that day. And a few days later, she called and said, Good luck, are you sure about this Holy Spirit thing? Because since I started doing this, uh, all my troubles have increased. I said, good. That's a good confirmation God in your life. You are now a target for Satan and he's come after you. <laughs> Sorry, sister, but this is the way it's going to be. She wasn't happy about it. But God's trying to pull you up to live with him on a higher level. That's the whole purpose. He will provide. Abraham, he left 
And he did, he, pro, he had two proclamations that were so great based on God's word. If you read in Genesis chapter 22, verse 4 and 5, it says, Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. After three days, if he had fallen apart <laughs> because of what God had told him, those would have been very terrible three days. Satan ministering to him, how are you going to face your wife after you kill the son? What are you, how are you going to explain to your wife, that it was God that told you to kill the only son you have at home. The other one is being sent away. But there was none of that in his mind. He knew the promise. Amen? When you fret and you worry, you take God out and you're on your own. That's why Jesus said, don't trouble yourself. Don't be anxious for tomorrow. He said, tomorrow will take care of itself. We hear the words and we say, that's nice. But God's giving you a principle for living. The word of God is a principle for living. Don't worry. You've made it up till now. Right? Have you forgotten all the troubles you, were, you had before now? And how you pulled through? Why do you think this is going to kill you? And Satan makes you think he's going to kill you. But God says, stay with the word. Stay with the word. God will not disappoint. Abraham knew that. God's not a man that he shall lie. If he said, he would do it. This is what happened. Abraham said, he saw the place of far off. Basically, he'll say, that's where I'm going to kill my son. For a sacrifice. This was an offering to, to worship God. And you have to understand there are five different kinds of, of offerings that God demanded in the Old Testament. The first three uh, that I will mention, they are free will offering. The first one, the other two, they're mandatory. You got to do them. Everyone has to do them. But the first three, they are free will offerings. And God responds to the free will offering because it's coming from your heart. Great life. The first one was the offering for consecration to God. And that was God, what God was asking from Abraham. Give me that son. Notice, he said, bring the son, a bond sacrifice for worship. You're giving everything to God in worship. It's free will. Abraham had the choice to say, no, I don't want to do that. But he, he did that. The second one is the meal offering. Or the grain offering, that was also free will offering. And then the third one, peace offering, that's also free will offering. You want peace in your home? You want to make peace between you and your God? Bring an offering. That was the Old Testament. And then they had the trespass offering. That's the fourth one. The trespass offering, that's when you've transgressed against your neighbor. God saw it. He wants you to make up for it. It's called transgress. And then the sin offering. But with Abraham, this was the consecration, worship. And notice what Abraham did. He said to the two young men, 
stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and what? And worship. And we will come back to you. If you knew what God has said to him, you say, Abraham, that's a lie. Right? But look, look, he already knew. I'm coming back with the boy. He spoke the promise. He didn't speak exactly what God told him that in Isaac, your family will be called. But he knew Isaac will still be alive when he's through with it. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You meditate in it day and night. That's what you speak. You don't speak the problem. You speak the promise. Notice. Don't speak the problem. Speak the promise. Abraham never told those two guys what God had said to him. That was negative, right? He never even mentioned it to anybody. He was between him and his God and what he was experiencing. You see, God's showing us, he is revealing to us the way of the Lord. That's why we go to church, to learn the way of God, the way God does these things. And you see with Abraham here, he knew the way of the Lord. He knew not to speak those words. So he made the declaration here, we're going yonder, we are going to worship God which means I'm going to kill that boy, but somehow I'll come back with him after we have worshipped. Notice, he didn't say he was going to worship God with his son. He says, we, amen, we are going up and we will worship yonder. You guys are not part of it and we'll come back to you again. After the left, he made another strong confession. And you know, the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. They were walking up the hill, and he puts, I better read this, so it's not, it's not coming just from me. He says, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on, his, on Isaac. <laughs> Most of us will feel guilty. I'm going to kill the boy. I'm going to put the wood on him. But he put the wood on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife. He was ready to do it. No holding back. He was ready to do it. Let me ask you this. What if the trouble that you're going through right now in your, in your life, what if it is a test from God? I know it's painful, right? You don't know God. Abraham, God spoke to him. But what if whatever you're going through now is a test from God? You see, God doesn't test you wanting to see you fail. No. God will not test you to see whether or not you are going to follow him. God's test is usually to create a path for himself to become a friend to a mortal man. God's test is to open the door that was shut in your life so that he can pour his, his blessings upon you and be the provider. 
God's test is never to trip you. So the problem that you're going through, if it's a test from God, is for your promotion. You can't go to the next level until you've taken the test and passed it. Right? So God's test is that, is that nature. But look at what Abraham did here. As they were going up, he says, Isaac spoke to Abraham and his father and said, My father. And he said, Yeah, I am, my son. Tender towards his son. Then he said, Look, the fire. You got the fire in your hand. And I got the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? You know what Isaac was thinking? The man is over 100 years old. He's beginning to forget a few things. I'm not talking to you, okay? He's beginning to forget. Hey, daddy, you're talking about this great worship and sacrifice. You don't have any animal. How are you going to do this? But look at what his father said. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself. Your need created by God is an open door for his provision to be poured on your life. If you have the right attitude and put it on, in perspective. He created, he knew you before you were born. He knew you would be born in America. Hello? He knew what you will have to go through in life. He programmed everything, especially if you are his child. He knew and has your assignment set apart, the difficulties, and, and he placed Abraham in that position. But then guess what? He provided for him. So he makes the provision for you. He says God will provide for himself a bunch of them. Now we are told Mount Moriah is the same area where Jesus was crucified, Calvary. The same area. And Abraham had prophesied in this one instance, had prophesied God himself will provide for himself a lamb. Not Isaac, but a lamb for himself. John the Baptist announced, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Again, the greater the test, the greater the provision. Abraham had to offer a man to God and then God says, I'll pay back for all of mankind. Give his own son. Amen? Give his own son. For every one of us. If you're human, you can receive from God. But he spoke those words. And God provided an animal for him. It says in verse 13, And then Abraham lifted his eyes after God had said, I know now that you fear God. And God said, I want to swear I will bless you. But there's no one greater than I. I will swear by my own name. In blessing, I will bless you. I will provide for you. I will multiply you. 
And then after God has spoken to him, he says, Abraham, guess what he did again? He lifted his eyes again. You know, when I see the word lifted his eyes, in this context, previously God has told, he brought Abraham before Isaac was born. Okay? God brought him out and said, Abraham, now lift up your eyes and begin to count the stars. Remember that? And he says, count. Abraham counted one, two, three. He said, well, God, there are too many. God says, you're looking at the faces of your children. Amen. So God blessed him in that mountain. And this is what Abraham said in verse 14. Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. God will provide as it is said to this day. To what day? To what day? To what day? You're not talking like you really mean it. To what day? As it is said this day. In the mountain of God, of the Lord, it shall be what? Provided. What's the mountain? That's the peak of your trouble. (laughs) Right? That's the peak. That was when Abraham's trouble came to a crisis. I mean, this was it. The summit of it. God never stopped him until he got to that mountain, right? Until he had the boy on the altar. He wasn't stopped. Why didn't God stop him at that mountain where the trouble is so great? God provides. Forget about what's going on. Wait till God's coming. He's going to provide for you. Amen? God's going to provide for you. Every one of you, you got your needs provided. God wants to bless you. I'll continue with the message next week. But I want to, start, I want to stop with this scripture. He says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. If he has said, he'll do it. If he has spoken, he will make his word good. He says, I have received the commandment to bless. That's Balaam said that. I have received a commandment to what? To bless. He has blessed. And I cannot reverse it. You are blessed. I have received a commandment this morning to bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you will receive. Hey, listen. I'm not blessing you because you are going to be blessed. He has already blessed you. And I'm just saying what he's already done. He has blessed. And no one can reverse it. No one can reverse it. Would you put your hands together this morning for the Lord? You are blessed. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Turn to the other fellow, uh, the guy standing by you. Say to them, you know, I am really blessed. You are shaking the hands of a blessing. Bless them. I am blessed. I am really blessed. Yes. Declare it just like Abraham did. I am blessed. I am blessed. The blessing of my life can never be reversed. The blessing of my life can never be reversed. The blessing of my life can never be reversed. The blessing of my life can never be reversed. Tell them I'm blessed. God has blessed me. God has blessed me. God has blessed me. I have received a commandment from the Lord to bless you this morning. 
and the blessing will pursue you, knock you over. You will never recover in Jesus' name. May you never recover from the blessing. You know God's going to meet every single need that you have in your life. Every single need is going to be met. If Jesus is seated at the Father's right hand, your needs are being met right now in the name of Jesus. As long as God lives, you are blessed. You cannot be cursed. No devil can reverse your blessing. You are blessed and you are going to be a blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, if your problem is sickness, the provider is here. Amen. You want to get well? The provider is here. If your problem is paying bills, the provider is here. If your problem is looking for a job, a good job, not just a job. Hey, listen. This morning, what did we say? This day, right? This day, right? This day. The provider is here. Can we give him a clap offering? He is here this morning. He is the provider. He is the provider. You speak what you believe. You speak what you believe, not what you feel. You speak that and believe it. And God's going to do it. You know what? I'm praying to God for every one of you. God's going to bless you. You, you start asking, what's going on? What's going on? What was happening with me? Why, why all this happening to me? It's not about you. It's about him. Amen? It's about the assignment he has upon your life. Amen? We have an assignment as a church. And God's going to meet every need in our church. God we, we look to him and he's going to provide for everything that we want to do that he's given to us to do. But would you lift your hands up this morning? I'm going to say a prayer. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to say this from your heart. And let me tell you, when you say this prayer from your heart, say it out unto God and he'll hear you. Tell him, God, this is what I do. God, I want to be your friend. I want to know you better. God has already said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. So do you desire that? Yeah, you don't feel that way. That's okay. But ask God, I want you to change me. I want to love you just like everybody else. Those that love you, I want to love you. If you do that, God hears from heaven. And slowly but surely, you start feeling love for God. The love to go to his house and to love God's people. Say with me, God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, into the world to be my Savior. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my life to be my Savior. I believe in your name. I believe that you rose from the dead and that you are alive again from the dead. I receive you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give him another clap offering.